Welcome to the Shovel Pass, the NFL podcast for those that need that extra hour of football talk to get them over the hump and through the week. I'm Nick Sawyer, and I'm joined weekly by a few of my closest friends, Will Sawyer, Phil Heim, and Chris Heim, as we discuss all things NFL football from the games of the week, surprises, predictions, high performers, not-so-high performers, and anything else that stands out. Thank you for checking us out, and please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. We sincerely appreciate it. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Week 8 edition of the Shovel Pass Podcast. I'm Nick Sawyer, and I'm sitting here with Phil Heim, Chris Heim, and Will Sawyer. How are you, fellas? Fantastic. Good Tremendous. Happy to be here, fellas. It's great to have all of you. Don't speak over each other, you <laughs> twins. We never know who goes. You go, I go. Next time you go first, Chris. I never know. Okay. <laughs> Oldest first. How about that? Sounds good. <laughs> who is older? I am. Uh, two minutes, <laughs> and you never else you forget it. It's, uh, but yeah. I guess in this domain it counts, so <laughs> you get to go first next time. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> okay. Um, great to have you all here. This week was uh, fun for a different reason. I mean, there was a few, uh, few games that looked like downers with last-minute um, inactives. I'm looking at Dallas. Uh, we were all looking forward to seeing Dak come out, come off the bye and light it up. And he was a last minute inactive and we got to see Cooper Rush for, uh, run out there, which, um, was reflected in the spread. I don't know why else Minnesota would be two and a half point favorites going into that game, but that, you know, at, we were saying this before, I, it's almost an indictment of the Minnesota Vikings. Like Minnesota is a good team, but. You roll out a 27-year-old Cooper Rush who's thrown two passes in the NFL and somehow Minnesota is only two-and-a-half-point favorites. That kind of that, that, that kind of hurts. It's a bit of a kick to the old ego. Well, especially, I mean, we were talking about Minnesota being a pretty decent team, but they've been a little Jekyll and Hyde, a little hot and cold this season. And I don't know, I think that probably plays into it a little bit. And Dallas has a very talented team outside of their quarterback. Yeah, that's true. Right. And and Dallas is splashy. Dallas has been splashy this year. They've had a couple of really close primetime games, and they, they make big plays, and they, they're exciting to watch. Trevin Diggs is – Trayvon Diggs, sorry, has been exceptional and, you know, making a lot of those splashy plays. So uh, Minnesota is just kind of – boring a little bit i don't know their their highlights are always kind of <laughs> second tier <laughs> yeah and it's it's funny i don't know it seems like every time cousins follows up a really really good game with a really mediocre game and mm-hmm. uh i mean i'd like to give dallas some credit for not giving him too much space and locking down uh justin jefferson but it, it was also Cousins was not taking shots. He he was playing conservative like he was a few weeks ago when you were just lambasting him over his... Yeah, when uh, I ranted about his uh, inability to take chances. Yeah. It's, kind of excusable this point, it's, like, it's not like he's not lacking weapons, right? So... Um, you know, I, I think did Alvin Cook play yesterday? I think yeah, or was yeah, he, he back? Yeah, he did, right? Yeah, so yeah. you have him. You got you got you know you got the Jet. You got Adam Thielen. Like you're at a certain point, like uh, the unwillingness to take kind of shots, like is holding the offense back, right? So you kind of do wonder if uh, the Cowboys with their backup quarterback are lighting you up kind of defensively, and he's playing better than your starting quarterback is. What does that say about your situation with all the weapons that they gotta kind of have around him, right? So. Don't you That's kind of a expect, great point. Yeah, don't you kind of expect that he shouldn't have those kind of slumps, especially not against a backup quarterback? He should kind of put them on uh, on notice there. He can't get outplayed. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, I agree with that. Um, so what do we know about this Cooper Rush fellow? He's uh, 27, I know that. He's thrown two passes in the NFL, I know that, mainly because our friend Will here told me. 
<laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, but he he's been around a couple of years, so uh, I guess there was something. You know, I'm, I watched Hard Knocks before the season, and they had uh, Danucci, Lucky Danucci there. And who else? They had one other guy, right? And and Cooper Rush was sitting there in fourth fourth position, fourth stringer. They kept talking about, oh yeah, we're comfortable with our backup uh, group here. And I was no, like, I know, really? right? Why? But Cooper Rush was Why? sitting fourth stringer, and then they cut Danucky and the, and the other guy there, and and somehow he ends up as the backup. And we all kind of looked at each other, going, uh, "You sure you know what you're doing there, Mark McCarthy?" <laughs> not not that not that Danucci was anything to write home about, but. I, who's Cooper Rush? Anyways, he uh, he looked pretty good on the weekend. So, what's his stat line? Who has his stat line handy? I got a stat line handy. So, in his first start, he actually played pretty pretty good out there. He played pretty solid. Played better than Zach Wilson did. That's for damn sure. Had a sixty percent completion rate, uh, three hundred twenty five yards passing for a real healthy eight point one yards uh, average. Two touchdowns and one pick. Ninety two point two rating. So, pretty good start for the uh, wow. for the not so young fella. Yeah, I'm having flashbacks to uh, to Tony Romo here. He just came out of nowhere when there was an injury and started lighting it up. Yeah, now, unfortunately for Cooper Rush, he's not going to get the same time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so give him a few more games, and I don't know, maybe he shows something, but no, Dak's going to be back. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's not, so. not going to supplant Dak. <laughs> No, and and the best he can hope for is uh, one of these other teams that's struggling to find a QB decides maybe they want to add him to their room and yeah. see what he can do. Uh, but this this might be his only game that he gets to play this year. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, there's there's a count, nice though. career in there for him if he turns into the next Nick Mullins or... Uh, uh, I don't know. Pick a pick another journeyman backup quarterback. Blaine Gabbert. No, no. Gabbert's been a first league. round pick. Yeah, but he's Get been in the league here. for twelve years as a backup. That's pretty impressive. He's like fifteen uh, now. He, there's nothing impressive. impressive about Blaine Gabbert. Get out of here. <laughs> he, it's, it's equally. He is the least impressive quarterback you could have mentioned. No, I know, but in terms of journeyman backups, like that's not a bad place to be. He just won a Super Bowl after all. Yeah, first first string flop. Yeah, first first round pick flop. Wasn't he like a fifth overall pick or something? High? Yes, like, he was the first high? quarterback taken. I think I think he was the highest quarterback they took until um, I'm forgetting his name. Blake Bortles picked three Bortles, overall. Yeah, teenage now, mutant ninja Bortles. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence at number one. <laughs> Speaking of which, sorry, as a, as a quick aside, Trevor Lawrence, this is the, the stat line of the week. Trevor Lawrence, 32 of 54, 59% completion, 238 yards, one touchdown, one interception, a 68.3 QBR, and 4.4 yards per attempt. Ouch. How much of that do you put on the lack of a rushing game, though? Because that seems like Big Ben numbers trying to just like throw because they can't run. I I don't care. I'm no. sorry. That no, that tells me you're not trying to run enough. I, like, yeah, fifty four times. You're Trevor that's, Lawrence. You're having him throw the ball fifty four times. Yeah, it's that's not on Lawrence. That's on the coaching staff for sure. That's one hundred percent on the coaching. Yeah, no, staff. fair enough. I'm not sorry. I'm not trying to throw shade on Lawrence here. I just think that's horrendous that you'd get him to throw it 50 a rookie times. any quarterback 54 times is pretty much unacceptable unless you're in like a 60 to 60 shootout like you're in college but right like I, Dak Prescott and you better throw for 500 yards yeah. and six touchdowns <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's asking too much that six passes out of 54 are touchdowns mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> All right, uh, let's get back to it. So, uh, yeah, the week of the backups. So we just we just talked about Cooper Rush, but there was a couple of other guys that stepped in for down starting quarterbacks. Uh, Mike White is the other one that really impressed me. So for sure, four hundred yards passing in his debut starting. Yeah, what was his stat line, Will? So. 
Mike White, I got this one. You got it. He, uh, right, go yeah, he he jumped in uh, for Zach Wilson, in my opinion, and to my great delight, even outplayed anything Zach Wilson's <laughs> done this year. Uh, funnily enough, he's actually got as many touchdowns as Zach Wilson does, but more than half the interceptions and double the QBR. But, you know, maybe they made the uh, right decision after all <laughs> with Mike White. But his stats from this game, uh, 405 yards against the, uh, at that time, number one seed in the AFC and three pass touchdowns for a really healthy 82% completion rating, or completion percentage rather, 82% against Whoa. the number one team in the AFC at that time. I don't know what the hell's going on with the good Jets. Defense. Yeah, I have no idea what the hell's going on with the Jets, but they can somehow only win number one seeds or beat against number one seeds. Yeah, twice this season. Yikes. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> there, there, there's a lot to unpack with what you just said there, Phil. So he's thrown the same number of touchdowns. That, wait, first of all, let's back up a second. What, what, what's, your, uh, what's your beef with Zach Morris, Wilson? I have no beef with Zach Wilson. It's just to me as a, as a Patriots fan, just great delight watching him, watching the Jets' second overall pick not be the, the younger key quarterback that's actually going to take the promise. There's flashbacks so of Sanchez, delight. right? Yeah, Sanchez and Geno. It's the new Sanchez and Geno Smith. What's not to love? As a, as a, as a Patriots fan, what's not to love? Almost, oh, yeah. almost salt on the wounds because uh, you had this meteoric rise in, in draft position for Zach Wilson in his final year and you had this inexplicable drop off of Justin Fields yeah. over the same time and Justin Fields went out this weekend and he played a really good game from, mm-hmm. from what I saw and and Zach Wilson is not looking ready he doesn't look ready to play uh, in the NFL yet he might get there I don't know but right now he's uh I He's feel like they drafted him. They didn't draft him though because he was prepared mentally to play in the NFL. It wasn't because he processed a certain way or he knew NFL defenses or he was super accurate. It was he can make really spectacular plays and spectacular throws kind of off schedule or like off rhythm. So there's so much potential there. But again, it was another one of these draft picks where the ceiling on this kid is, is, you know, huge. So let's get him and we can train him up. But unfortunately, you draft those guys and then you throw them on the field the first season. They're not ready. It's, it, yeah, the ceiling is, is, you know, in the clouds. But you haven't had time to train them up to actually play quarterback in the NFL. So... Uh, and and honestly, that that's what I'm getting at. Like to me, uh, for an organization like the Jets, that they knew they were going to be throwing their guy into the fire right off yeah. day one, pretty much. Um, there's more value with Fields than there is with, uh, yeah, with Zach you. Zach Morris. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. So Fields, as an aside, was 19 for 27, so 70 percent completion. 175 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. So, I mean, Fields hasn't had any games where he looks all that that spectacular. Uh, he's had a couple of stinkers. Um, but he, he looks like he he has potential. You know, he looks like he's starting to get the hang of things. And I don't think he's – there's only one game here where he really cratered, and that was last week against Tampa Bay. So, yeah, anyways. yeah, and and the thing with this weekend too that I saw was they started letting him run a little more too. Yeah, and, that's what was impressive this weekend. Yeah, and and as much as I, I don't think he's a one-dimensional quarterback that he's just you know a running quarterback, um, it almost felt like they were kind of holding him back a little bit on that, or maybe he was himself. Uh, and all of a sudden this week, it's like he started making that call a little mm-hmm. quicker assertively saying, okay, I'm going to take it. And, and he had over a hundred yards rushing and a touchdown. All right. And then the last one we can touch on is, uh, the journeyman Trevor Simeon. I remember when he came in for, uh, who was it in Denver? Did he take over after Tebow. I didn't think no. I think he was after uh, Osweiler. I want to say Osweiler. Yes, Osweiler. Yeah, yeah, he was in like the 2017-18 Denver Broncos. I think right, like in that weird Yeah, exactly. Like almost right after that, he wasn't the guy right after Peyton, but he replaced the guy that replaced Peyton. Yeah. Oh yes. 
poor guy. I'm not not Simeon Brock. <laughs> I don't know that I feel bad for him. <laughs> he made a lot of money. I know he did. I read an article though not too long ago about kind of like the where are they now about Brock Osweiler, Osweiler, and um, he uh, yeah he said he's he's struggled. He's he's had you know. He's had a hard time getting over the fact that he uh, made that wrong decision and went to Houston and kind of let his agents lead him mm-hmm. for the bag uh, to the bag of money instead of sticking around in Denver. He re- apparently he really wanted to stay in Denver, but his his agents told him he had to take that this. Sucks. That sucks. Anyways, all right, uh, Trevor Simeon. So the Saints, the Saints knock off the Bucks, and they. Uh, so let's go back to last season a little bit and just remind everyone that the Saints swept the Bucks in the regular season last year, and then lost to them in the playoffs in uh, pretty handily. And then uh, we all we all remember how the Bucks went on to win the Super Bowl. So this season, it seems they have their number again. And uh, the the Saints with a backup quarterback off the bus on the weekend and make Brady look very, very human. So I don't know how much we read into the fact that Trevor, Trevor Simeon took over other than he's a, uh, a longtime backup and he's a decent quarterback. and he, He's a quality backup. He, I, I, I would... Yeah say that's as much as we can say about him it's more impressive that the saints took on the bucks and obviously had a a decent game plan sorted out one that uh was resilient to their starting quarterback going down and uh and they were able to to, yeah take it to to brady i mean divisional matchups are always challenging for almost every team in every division so um it's not tremendously surprising but Still, you know, but we've been talking the, about the Bucks so, as one of the top few teams in the league, and and for them to get taken out by Saints, you know, that's that's a little salty. I don't know. Yeah, don't know. it leaves a bad taste in their mouth. But yeah, I, I actually Chris. I actually disagree with both. That. I don't think the Bucks <laughs> losing to the Saints impacts my opinion of the Bucks at all. At all, I still think that the Bucks are a much better team. They have much b- bigger potential. They can go a lot further. Um, it's just, it's, it's the end of October. That's what it was. It was the last game of October, first game of November. Um, the Bucks are going to have growing pain still. Last year, they didn't hit their stride until midway through November. Uh, I, to me, it's just one of those things where the Saints just match up well uh, defensively against the Bucks' offense, and the Bucks' defense has taken a bit of a step back. And for whatever reason... And injuries have and like, injuries ravaged well, their the secondary, secondary yeah. right? And, and, and I don't honestly, besides, like, I didn't see the first pick, but after this, like, everything besides the second pick that Tom Brady threw, he played excellent. Like, they were down in midway through the third quarter by 16 points, the Bucks, and Tom Brady brought him right back. Like, yeah, he literally threw the game away when they had more than enough time to win the game with a field goal. But honestly, I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> yes, but I don't put that, that much on Tom. I put that more on the defense. Um, and honestly, if, if these teams play again, I think I think they win uh, the matchup in Tampa when they play uh, later in the season, and if they meet in the playoffs, there's no way Brady loses two games in a season to a team. There's just no way. Like, sorry, not once that once, not once. Uh, yeah, definitely no way he loses three, but definitely no way he loses to someone like twice in the season period. Uh, you know, either regular season plus playoff combination. So. No, I, I this doesn't impact my opinion of the Bucks at all, honestly. It just it just means the Saints had a really good day. That's it. Yeah, I don't I mean I don't I, I don't disagree with you. I think that the Bucks are a, a better team. Um but it's interesting to look at the Saints and like where their strength lies and I don't know about you guys, but historically I would have said it's their offense. Their offense is where their strength lies because they have Drew Brees, right? It was always Drew Brees is the Saints, even if they had a really good defense. Now we're seeing that in a little different light because their offense is without Drew Brees and it it looks very much different um, whether you've got Jameis or Trevor Simeon. Then I guess next week we'll find out whether uh, – 
Um, Taysom oh, Hill. Taysom Hill. Back. Yeah, comes back after getting hit in the noggin. But their defense is looking like the strength of that team now, and uh, and they're they're pretty impressive. They're pretty feisty. So, anyways, fun to watch. That's all. I agree. I agree, though, Chris. There's no real takeaway that the Saints mm-hmm. are better. I don't think in the long run. That's a, that's an argument. But, but I it make. is funny. <laughs> it is funny at this point in the season that the Saints have the same number of losses as the Bucks. <laughs> mm. Yes, and Saints the only have the five division. wins. But yeah, so so Bucks have have the extra win. They they're six and two. Oh, that's right. That's Saints right. Saints are yeah. five and two. But uh, but still, the Saints are right there. So Bucks can't afford to have any significant injuries to you know say tom brady um that's not an option for them right now they're not so far ahead in their division that they have that luxury just saw by the way uh i got to say james winston's after the season fyi yeah yeah i don't think anybody here is shocked about that yep that was a tour in the acl mcl so RIP, or yeah, rip for Jameson uh, Winston's career. I wish, uh, obviously, not career, rather, this season. I wish he got a chance to, I guess, continue playing this. It was a, a wild experience, I think, the Jameis coaster this season, up and down with like random five five touchdown games, but like 100 yard performances. So we'll see. I'm yeah. curious. That's, yeah. that's tough. Yeah. I, I feel for him because this was kind of his rebirth. You know, he came into to New Orleans to sit behind Drew Brees and to learn and. He could have had a job somewhere else and maybe started and he chose not to go anywhere else. He chose to sit and be the student and prepare to, to make a comeback and, you know, it gets short-circuited. That's, uh, that's a tough pill. All right, several injuries this week, the biggest of which um, is not actually Jameis. Sorry, Jameis. But King Henry. Derek Henry is down and I believe the report said likely out for the season they haven't confirmed that yet six to ten weeks 100 percent. he he has to get foot surgery uh it's the timeline is uncertain as to his return okay but they're talking possibly the season possibly the season so you got to think they're not going to rush him back and hopefully they make the playoffs and he's there for a playoff run if they absolutely need him uh, yeah, but it's going to be a tough slog for them to get to the playoffs uh, without him because uh, I think they've been winning games on his back so far. So, Yeah, they've been very dependent on him, definitely. Um, the fear of Derrick Henry and and the amount of effort it takes to slow him down and stacking guys in the box is going to change the way teams play the Titans and it's probably going to make it a lot more difficult for them to uh, but move we, the ball we, and put we have to points. look out we have to look out now for AP 3.0 yes <laughs> yes and you know I, what i got to say i would say, love nothing more than to see him just come back with a vengeance and just oh, yeah. oh i love this i love every part of this guys i love that this is why he's back in the league i mean not that derrick henry's out that he's back but like that this is giving him an opportunity to be back in the league and now tomorrow we're gonna hear news the titans signed uh frank gore to their practice squad and we'll soon elevate him to their backup running back (laughs) so they're gonna have a 36 year old frank gore and a 35 year old 34 year old adrian peterson it's gonna be fantastic only 36 he might be 37 i think he was born in or maybe even 38 i think he was born in 83 or 84 yeah i think so yeah somebody look that up quick i i love every part of this this signing adrian peterson is good for the league i don't care how old he is but man it gave me the tingles when i when i heard they signed him because what a great spot for him to land i do not wish henry to go down but if if adrian peterson could come back and actually have a real impact anywhere Meaningful this is the reps. team for him. Meaningful, yes, meaningful. Not playing for Detroit because they have nobody else that wants to play in Detroit, or Washington because Washington stinks and nobody wants to play there. Like this is actually a meaningful spot for an aging veteran to step in, and one of the greatest ever. Mm-hmm. So I would love nothing more than to see him turn back the clock a little bit and give us some vintage. Adrian Peterson oh. moments. Now the question is: There's nine games left for the Titans. 
over under on Adrian Peterson rushing a thousand yards this season. <laughs> I'm gonna go under. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna have a solid like five, six hundred yards rushing, I'd say. Over the next nine yeah, games. Yeah, I think that would be spectacular. Wow. I don't I don't I'm not expecting well, the world last to win, year. But, yeah. Last year with the Lions. Uh, and starting 10 games, he ran for 600 yards. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's not inconceivable. I know he's a year older, but it's not inconceivable with a better team, with a better line. Uh, you know, he, he might, might have a shot at that. Mm-hmm. Better off. Well, he's, got nine, his, he's his only got nine games, not, right? Not 1,000 yards. Yeah. But he's got nine games, right? Yeah, nine games yeah. make impact. Yeah. All right, so I'll be looking for him to be six hundred. That's that's six hundred. That's your over under number. Over under. All right, so over under. That's great. Over under, guys. Six hundred yards. I'd say under. Under. I'd say. I'm optimistic. I like it. I like me some AP. So (laughs) I'm saying over. I love AP. Nothing. Nothing would warm my heart more than to see him go for uh, two thousand yards again next year, which would never happen. But I I don't know. I'm just thinking it's probably going to be under. Yeah, I'm. I really want it to be over. So I want to take over as a, as a, you know, as a vote of confidence for him. But I, I gotta think rationally. It's probably under. So that's that's where I sit. But man, you never know. He could come in in great shape, and he's probably spent the last twelve months in Germany getting stem cells injected <laughs> into his knees and percent thighs and you know calves. He's just ready to roll. <laughs> okay, coming in looking like a Marvel uh, superhero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think we squeezed every ounce out of talk we can get on AP. So let's move on. Von Miller. Got traded to the Rams today, correct? Did they finalize the trade? Yeah. All right. Excellent. Yeah. So, Von Miller to the Rams for a second-round pick and a third-round pick. And the Broncos will be paying $9 million of his remaining $9.7 million salary this season. He is a unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. So... Who got the better deal? I think the Rams did uh, by far and away, even though he's pretty much a rental for the next three months or so, because I think the Rams will be, they'll be able to make the best pitch for Vaughn Miller to win another Super Bowl um, because they give up capital on him. So they're invested in him. Uh, but also like, I, I think, I think it for the psychology of a player, it goes a long way if you're willing to give away two day two picks for a 32 turning 33 next year old edge rusher that, you know, had missed this entire season last year is trying to recover this year from, from a, a lost year. So um, I, I think he's going to appreciate the fact that they want to make, I, I think long-term dividends um, will pay off for the Rams as well, but also in the short term, like this defensive front line now has Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller. So even though Von Miller is no longer the one-man wrecking crew he used to be, sorry, sorry, Von Miller isn't. Aaron Donald still very much is. So I, I think Von Miller, his sack production is going to go up um, following this this trade. Um, I don't think he'll be, you know, a twelve sack guy this year, fourteen sack guy. He'll probably be around like eight, nine, ten, but he'll be really good situationally. I think when it's third and four or third and six, and it's obvious the other team has to pass that's when you're going to be happy you gave up two day two picks for Von Miller. Yeah, so the thing yeah, that struck and, and me about this, this trade is just that they gave up these... Um, the, the Rams are not shy about giving up draft picks to run at a Super Bowl. So, sorry, did I just take your point there, Will? <laughs> no, no, no. Go ahead. The, uh, the Rams are, love giving up draft picks to try and uh, beef up their team to run at the Super Bowl. They've shown over the last several years that they don't um, value using draft picks in the draft the way everybody else does. 
most teams are trying to stack, you know, uh, compile as many picks as they can and, and hoard them. The Rams are the opposite. Their only currency is to swap draft picks so that they can actually trade for players. They traded for Ramsey. They've made some other big trades. And um, here they go again. I think Miller, my guess is Miller leaves at the end of the season. But you're right, Chris. If he turns into that guy that can rush the passer and help them on that playoff push towards the Super Bowl, it really feels like they're going Super Bowl or bust here this year. But it's kind of felt like that every year for the Rams, and somehow they still manage to be good, even though you know, a couple of times we're sitting here wondering whether their salary cap is going <laughs> to blow up in their face and they're going to have to start over. So, Will, where, where, where do you see this? Um, I like it as a move. Uh, my, my contention is that Von Miller is just worth more to the Rams than he is to the Broncos. Uh, at this point in the season, the Broncos are not – I don't think they're I don't think anybody looks at them and sees a contender. And so Von Miller, his presence there is, and particularly later in the season as he gets healthy, is not necessarily going to make a big difference to their franchise. And then at the end of the year, he, you know, he was probably gone anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas they're able to recoup some draft positions for him and you know that's that's a win for them but when it comes to the rams i i think we've seen and we've talked about it a couple times in previous weeks the key to slowing down some of these really high powered offenses uh you know your bucks cardinals um uh, you know these teams they get slowed down when you have all of the right personnel to go after the quarterback and to keep them running the whole game um, without necessarily devoting extra guys to the box. So having that extra pass rusher, uh, having a good defense where they can let Von Miller get himself healthy, not necessarily rush him in to, you know, a full lineup of snaps uh, and get him healthy for the end of the season for that playoff push, I think that's going to pay pretty big dividends at the end of the year. So I think it's it's decent value for the Rams. Yeah, I mean, they gave up two second-day picks for him, but um, as far as their chances at a Super Bowl, I think he gives them a way better chance than those two picks do. They're swinging for the fences, and yeah, if he helps them in in that push to the Super Bowl, then it's worth it. If he doesn't, then it looks kind of silly, honestly. Like if he if he doesn't get healthy, no, I mean it's it's one of those things where it's like it's worth it if he shows up and they actually they make a run at the Super Bowl. If they get into the playoffs and they're losing the first game, then it's kind of like oh shit we shouldn't have given up two second day picks for him. <laughs> like <laughs> I kind of yeah. feel a little bit like this is a bit of a boomer bust bust trade for them. I, I don't dislike it. I think it was a, I mean, it's fine. And I think there was some competition for it too. I think there's several teams calling the Broncos to try and get a deal done for, or, or inquiring about uh, Von Miller. So it probably took a little extra for them to get it done. And you got to think too, that, Denver paying most of his salary for the rest of the year is the equivalent of buying a draft pick from from the Rams. So the Rams are cash strapped, I suppose, and they <laughs> <laughs> shocking. But now you've got Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and Jalen Ramsey all on the same team, which is a, a pretty cool a pretty cool lineup. That's going to be fun to watch. So. I think it was good for the Broncos too, and I like your point there, Will. I mean, he he was leaving at the end of the season, most likely. The Broncos got some pretty good value for him before he walked out the door. Uh, it's got to suck to be Vic Fangio and see that at four and four, the team's essentially throwing in the towel on your season and probably <laughs> your job. <laughs> I don't know. What do we think? Is Fangio around next year? No. 
Okay, <laughs> that's that's where I'm at with that one too. Sorry, Vic. Yeah, <laughs> sucks for him, but uh, yeah, I don't know. In, in a quarterback-driven league, um, you, you don't last too long without a bona fide quarterback. You don't last too long with Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> no, no, you don't. Unfortunately, <laughs> I don't dislike Teddy B, but uh, he hasn't been the answer, and uh, he hasn't been very good this year. No. Yeah, let's move on yeah. to our uh, round table, and uh, Chris, I'm going to uh, turn this one over to you to uh, take us through the Steelers and the Browns game because, and I'll just start off by saying. I picked the Steelers this weekend. I thought the Browns were due for a loss. The divisional game, so I figured it's going to be close. And the Browns are without a couple of key players. So I think the Browns are trending down, and the Steelers are not as bad as they have looked at moments this season. Yeah, for sure. So I think with the Steelers, there's a number of reasons why this game factored into, or sorry, why them winning wasn't as surprising to me as I might have thought before. And that's mainly because... A, they're pissed off from last year. Um, don't let. I still don't think that playoff loss, as embarrassing as it is, should be indicative of how this rivalry will go on in the future. Because that playoff loss was an aberration. That that playoff loss last Super Wild Card weekend was one of the single wackiest games of football I have ever seen in my life. It was just. It almost didn't feel like a real game. I was like, "What the hell is happening here?" This. It just felt like something you would see in a video game. It was so surreal, but. Um, Big Ben has dominated Cleveland in the regular season. Now he's, I think after that win, 24-2-1 against Cleveland. He just That was his 50th win against Cleveland and Ohio. Sorry, <laughs> Cleveland and Cincinnati, like, t- together. Like this, so he just, should have pulled the Aaron Rodgers and, and run around yelling, <laughs> I, I own you. you. Yeah. <laughs> now, Big Ben, as, as much of a putz as he is, a little classier than Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> That's all, saying all something. Those, I don't know about he, that, Chris. I don't, I don't tell this person. He, he was... <laughs> What was it? He was in a press conference earlier this week, and he was saying, "Oh, like I, I'm, I'm really happy to no longer be the the winningest quarterback in Ohio." <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, I think, I think Baker took that at some point, but just slightly. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. The, the whole game was interesting because I, I was talking to my brother about this uh, at the time. Pittsburgh's defense continues to put in excellent performance after excellent performance, which is all the more impressive considering how anemic the offense was all year. And even yesterday, even though they were able to move the ball here and there, especially through the year, much better than they have all year, they still only put up 15 points. So the fact that Pittsburgh's defense could hold Cleveland to only 10 um, and three three of that an entire half, right? Three of that was only, like their, their first score in the game, Cleveland, was on the very first drive. They drove about 73 yards to the goal line and Pittsburgh just stopped them, forced a field goal. And that was it. They didn't score the rest of the half. Pittsburgh was just like clamping down on everything. Um, Whenever they needed something, a big play, Pittsburgh would step up a big third down stop or a big turnover, like towards the end of the game. Um, TJ Watt just has the nose for the football and is just always forcing or recovering fumbles or around the quarterback. Like he's a, he's a terror. But I was most happy, honestly, with Pittsburgh's offense. Big Ben still looks like a slightly geriatric uh, grandfather out there uh, in, in, under shotgun. And they're still in shotgun way too much. But um, Pittsburgh's offensive line has gelled a lot more. They were very young. So I wasn't surprised that they struggled the first month and a half, two months of the season. Because offensive line is such a chemistry-oriented uh, group. So picking up Najee Harris and getting him rolling, super happy with that. This offense well, is not going to be great, but they're getting better. What was Najee's Har- Najee Harris's uh, stat line yesterday? He had over 100 yards again from scrimmage. I think he had about 80-ish yards rushing. He had about a four and a half yards per carry mark. And then okay. 20, 20, 30 yards receiving, something like that. All right. All right. That's not too shabby. Yeah, I think he's like averaging about 110, 20 yards a game from scrimmage. They, they trusted Big Ben's old man arm so much that they decided they wanted to throw with the, the young arm, Chris Boswell. <laughs> get yeah, him I absolutely need. Oh, that was an <laughs> ugly play. By every metric, well, that was an ugly play. 
that was unfortunate. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at Big Ben's stat line here. It's not too bad. He's no, like, it was okay. No, he was good in the second half. He 22 threw, for like, 34, 65 percent, 266, a touchdown, 98.4 rating. I mean, at 7.8 yards per attempt. I mean, that's pretty decent. And honestly, it looks very similar to Baker Mayfield's. He except, outplayed uh, Baker Mayfield. Except Mayfield didn't throw a touchdown. Like, I, I watched the whole game. Big Ben, especially in the second half, had nearly 200 yards passing in the second half alone. Um, okay. And he absolutely outplayed Baker Mayfield. There were still some errant old man throws where, you know, too high. Yeah, too I just mean, running. like, Mayfield's the younger, yeah. top blue chip prospect pick. You know, he's Number supposed one to be the franchise. Pick. Yeah, he's supposed to be a franchise quarterback. And Big Ben's old man arm and yeah. creaky knees is out playing, playing him. It's uh, it's not great for Mayfield. Anyways, I think the Browns are in trouble a little bit. I think this game showed um, how much the Browns rely on their, their two running back um, their two running backs that are injured. So I think Cleveland's in trouble. I don't think our prediction that Cleveland wins the division is uh, looking very good right now. I think Baltimore's in the driver's seat, honestly. And I don't think it's very close. No, it I isn't. also wouldn't it be isn't. surprised if, if Baltimore dropped a few more games and then it became close. Because I think Cincinnati still might pull that division out, honestly. Mm. We'll see how it goes. But Pittsburgh's going to be nipping around the second spot. They'll never cement it, but they'll be within a game or two of, of number two in that division. Uh, but I think it's going to come down to Cincinnati and, and Baltimore. Well, that would be fun. That would be fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Our, our friend Carson Wentz. I was listening to the Talking Heads last week, and they were explaining how he is playing quite well over the last three games. This is, this is prior to this weekend. And his stats were showing that he was looking like the guy from 2017 who was being talked about in the MVP race. Blah, 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 blah. And then this weekend happened. Yeah. And I'm not going to spend too long on this, but man, he was awful. From about the five minute mark in the fourth quarter through overtime, he did just about everything he could to lose that game. Let's do this. Carson Wentz, let's just ask the question. How long does Carson Wentz last in Indianapolis? At least to the end of this season. <laughs> That's all we know because they don't – I mean, who can they turn to? Sam Ellinger? Is that his name? Sam Ellinger, the backup? Who they got yeah, the I mean, he looked good in training camp, but he's Yeah, but it's training camp. Green. It's not live yeah, ammunition. Green, exactly. so I, I – I don't know. He'll last, till the, he'll last through the season because that's what they've invested in him. But I feel like I, I think uh, cap-wise after the season is easy enough for them to move off him if they so choose. I think the only question for them, I think the, the answer is he lasts as long as it takes Indy to find a viable replacement. So for them, whether that's they go aggressive in the veteran trade market, I don't know if they, they're not going to be able to you know, make a trade for Deshaun Watson because no way the Texans want to trade him in division. But potentially they make a play for a Russell Wilson type or maybe an Aaron Rodgers type, or maybe they go some route in the draft and potentially get some guy in the in the mid kind of first round. But I think it really kind of depends on how and when Chris Ballard can find an adequate enough replacement talent wise that doesn't have the same mistakes. But I think he hey. lasts at least for the season. Aaron Rodgers is an interesting one there because genuinely the Colts are not a uh, bad team. They've got some decent talent. And, They're a good team, yeah, 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 and and if they just had a little bit more stability at quarterback, you know, they could really do something. Because honestly, like looking at uh, their their stats from this year, um, Wentz has only thrown for over two hundred and forty five yards passing once, which isn't that impressive. Like, no, whatever you want to no. say about a quarterback, like two hundred and fifty yards is is kind of a I don't know benchmark of yeah you had a you had a good game not not a like crazy but, game just a good game but and and he's only broken that once all year. But stats aside, I mean, he's playing the Titans and they're how did this go? They were ahead. The Titans they the, the Colts defense who are pretty good. Stopped the Titans with about, I want to say, three or four minutes left in the fourth. And the Titans punted 
from half. Pinned Indianapolis deep. Carson Wentz drops back from his two-yard line. He's trying to avoid giving up a safety and decides to throw it up in the air with his left hand and pick six. (laughs) Tie game. What a goof. Oh, no, sorry. It was a tie game. He did this and let the Titans go up by seven. They were tied, and instead of giving up a safety, he couldn't do that. He threw it left-handed and gave them a pick six. (laughs) So now the Titans are up by seven. And then if you were just looking at the game log, it would look like Carson Wentz led them down the field and they scored the tying (laughs) touchdown with 25 seconds left in the game, except he didn't. He threw a pick and it got canceled out because his O-lineman stepped offside. So he got saved by an offensive lineman's penalty, happy feet. Then he throws a prayer to the middle of the field into quadruple coverage and Michael Pittman saves him by out-jumping everyone. 36-yard gain. Then he gets a giant pass interference call that gets him down to the goal line. <laughs> they punch it in from the one. They stumbled ass backwards into overtime. And then he throws a pick in overtime to seal the game. So it's things like that. It's, it's, it's that kind of choking at the end of a game. You know, when your team needs you to step up and, and lead them to victory, a la Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> and you're throwing picks... <laughs> instead and doing everything you can to lose the game sorry that that aaron Rodgers comment was for you chris <laughs> thanks i appreciate that <laughs> he's done that all of two times his entire career <laughs> anyways i i think yeah they're they're out next year for him is going to cost them 15 million in dead cap so perhaps he's out next year i or somebody trades for him. But if somebody trades for him, like his, his cap hit next year, if they keep him on the roster, is $28 million. So that's an expensive year. Albeit, if somebody believes that he is a franchise quarterback, then maybe they can trade him and somebody gives him a one-year prove-it on his current contract, it costs them $28 million. And if it doesn't work out, it's his kind of last chance with a team, then they cut him the year after. Or he stays in Indy and they give him one more year to see if it can work. And then they cut him in 2023, which is when they can get a clean out. How about a Wentz-Rogers swap? Wentz-Rogers <laughs> swap? Do you think no, gonna, Green I'm Bay would take Wentz? I'm going to cut the chat out there. Roger's going to pick so. three next year, and we're going to win the next year Super Bowl. So just leave that out there. I think you have Wentz, a better chance at Wentz. <laughs> well, so I actually, I actually last offseason was hoping Pittsburgh would make a play for Deshaun one, Wentz two, and then uh, uh, Sam Darnold three. And boy, did all three of those hopefuls <laughs> blow up in my face this year. <laughs> but. Uh, I, I think Deshaun, uh, Carson Wentz absolutely stays in Indy this season and next season. There's no way he's not on Indy's roster come January 2023. Um, he's going to be on the team. He's going to be cut shortly after the season if they don't get to the playoffs and he doesn't show signs of improvement under Frank Reich. But I think he definitely rides out this year and next year before they make a play. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. The other part of this equation is that Frank Reich is tied to Carson Wentz. So if Carson Wentz goes, Frank Reich is... I, I don't know that they're they're inextricably linked, but Frank Reich was a big reason they brought in Carson Wentz. So I don't know. Do you think he has any reason to be concerned if they move on from Carson Wentz? I don't think so. I think at, at this point, um, Frank Reich has built a reputation independent of Carson Wentz. I think Carson Wentz is the one that has uh, done more to kind of discredit that, if anything, because he's sucked without Frank Reich. If anything, it could just be he's regressed since the last time he's worked with him. I think Frank Reich has done too much good in Indy to have to be concerned yeah. at this point. Yeah, Frank, Frank Reich is Tom Brady, and Carson Wentz is Bill Belichick, is what you're saying, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. I do think that it would be a little bit of mud on his face. I don't think that it's something that would immediately put him on the hot seat, but it, it could accumulate if if Wentz fails 
and they try somebody else and they fail, you know, then, then we're kind of talking a different scenario there. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. I mean, that's it. We don't have to talk about Carson Wentz anymore. He's not all that compelling other than the fact that he's a highly paid, fairly big name quarterback. And it really looks like he is, he's, he's nearing the end of the number of chances he's going to get as a starting quarterback. I don't know whether that's a hot take or not, but I think you're definitely right. Okay. All right. Last last call for any inter- anything interesting people want to throw on uh, the table. I, I just want to throw out there that th- there were a few analysts, I'm not going to throw out their names, but that were calling for Detroit to win this week. And <laughs> I, I, I'm loving that. <laughs> Sorry, that baffled me when I saw some Lions numbers getting picked. And I was like, why? What have they done to show you that they can beat? Uh, I mean, any team, but but Philly uh, has not played. Well, all right, I'm going to raise my hand here. I picked Detroit this weekend. <laughs> oh, oh, brutal! <laughs> but and and not you obviously act. that was not yeah <laughs> obviously not a smart pick. But why do you pick Detroit? Because they almost beat the Rams last week. Yeah, almost beat. I guess that's that's perhaps uh I mean they 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 kept up with the Rams for a good part portion of the game last week and then Goff threw an interception to lose it. But um in hindsight they did throw everything in the kitchen sink at the Rams, every trick play in the book to try and knock them off and it didn't work. So I think a lot of people were just like, hey, Detroit isn't actually nearly as bad as we thought. It's the recency bias thing, right? So Eagles come in, and Eagles haven't looked all that good this year. So you go, yeah, Detroit at home, sure, do it. Anyways. Drop a 40-burger on them. Uh, I'm up by 38 points. (laughs) I'm just surprised that wasn't a fucking Thursday night primetime game. Usually for the last, like, two years – you know, except for for Cardinals Packers last week, the Thursday night games have been atrocious. They're just two teams no one wants to watch. It's just they're on TV. So I'm surprised they didn't throw Philly Detroit as like a yeah. primetime Thursday game yeah. in two weeks. Yeah. Or London. Oh yeah, <laughs> something. Nine thirty a.m. kickoff in <laughs> London. Wake up and watch football. Have have breakfast Sunday morning watching the worst teams in the league struggle to feel the confidence. I thought they were trying to grow the game in Europe. I mean, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I've watched F1 races over. The, yeah, <laughs> the early game in the NFL. Good, cause... good choice by you. <laughs> Who wants okay to watch awesome anyone they're sending over there <laughs> let's wrap it up there fellas thank you Sounds for good. uh making the time and Absolutely. coming in with your uh arguments ready another good week and we'll do it again next week Sounds good to me fellas okay See you, boys. take care of yourselves